Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the 49ers wide re- wide receiver three battle. Uh, there's a couple names that definitely need to be brought up. And then there's a couple long shots that are fun to talk about. But we're going to go over three guys mainly today, those guys being Austin Watkins Jr., Richie James Jr., and Jalen Hurd. Now, those are the three guys I think that are really competing for the roster spot. There's also a couple other names that you got to bring up, like Travis Benjamin, uh, Muhammad Sanu, River Craycraft, Kevin White, and uh, the 49ers also traded for a guy named Sherfield from the Cardinals, and he can kind of maybe make the roster as a deep threat. I, th- I think he probably will make the roster, but I don't think he's going to be this wide receiver three um, in terms of touches in the offense. But I think right now you have two locks for, for making the team, and those guys are Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, you could probably put Jalen Hurd in that that name as well, or that range as well, just because former third-round pick, haven't really got to see him, injuries have plagued his career. But I think we should start this one out with Austin Watkins. And I'll let you start out, Aiden. What are just your overall thoughts when you kind of turned on the, the tape of Austin Watkins, and, and what did you like about him, and, and really what do you think his role can be on this 49ers team? So Austin Watkins is 6'1", 2'10", built pretty much exactly to Muhammad Sanu, who's 6'2", 2'10". Went to UAB and absolutely killed the Senior Bowl. I was really surprised that he didn't get, get drafted at least late. He's a great route runner, but he's not a burner. One thing that this wide receiver room is, is, is missing, with the exception of Travis Benjamin, who I think we, we both agree probably isn't going to make the roster, so we don't have that, that vertical deep threat. Watkins isn't the fastest guy, but he's similar to Kendrick Bourne. And I think if he plays well in, in, in camp, it's going to be between him and Sanu to really make that, that roster spot. And I expect him to make the roster. I think he was priority number one for the Niners in that undrafted free agent market. Yeah, I remember when we were we filmed an episode just about like the day three picks and we were talking about, oh, you know, these are the guys that Niners are taking. They take a running back late in Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. And you were like, well, well, hey, hopefully, you know, a guy like Austin Watkins goes undrafted and the Niners can go and capitalize and take him. And and that's exactly what happened. Uh, he was a, a pretty big like senior bowl standout. I watched all of his one-on-ones earlier this morning, which was cool to see. And you just see like very technical route running Really smart, a lot of head fakes, a lot, a lot of little like staggers and whatnot to get open. Um, I, I love just his overall route running technique, that, and he created a lot of separation like that. It's really clear he's not, you know, some burner or some guy that's just going to fly out there and be some vertical threat. And that was also something I read in a couple of scouting reports like, hey, this guy is limited to not being a vertical threat. Well, that's fine. I mean, the 49ers use Kendrick Bourne in a similar role. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne coming out of Eastern Washington. Now you have Austin Watkins coming out of Alabama, Birmingham. Both these guys are undrafted wide receivers, but they're really good at just finding ways to get open. And you, you bring up Austin Watkins, kind of his his skill set. I, I think it's definitely going to be a, he's going to be a guy that comes in on second, you know, passing downs in medium to short situations, and he's going to come out there and run a five yard out, you know, run a little slant route, run a little dig. Um, and I think we're going to see him used in a lot of a lot of cases where he comes in and they either have Brandon Ayuk in the slot next to him or George Kittle out wide, and he's going to be that other guy's going to run a dig that's not going to get, you know, the defense focused on him, but they're going to be focused on George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk. And I think we're going to see him make a lot of big third down catches. I I fully expect him to make the roster. 
Um, I like that you brought up Sidney as kind of the guy that he's competing with. And I, and I do think there's a way that both of them make the roster, but I think in terms of touches, they're going to be competing for, all right, like who's going to get these touches. And if he looks good in camp, it, it, we should fully expect him to kind of be maybe not the wide receiver three, but I think the, like the wide receiver four, even though I think out of the, out of these guys we're going to talk about today and Austin Watkins and Richie James and Jalen Hurd, I think he probably gets the least amount of catches, but he's going to have very impactful catches, I think. And I think we're going to see him come in there. Oh, third and five runs a seven yard dig, gets it big first down, you know, like early on in the season, even. And I think we'll kind of see that, that mold and that, like that great route running and just ability to, to go out and catch the ball. Also, another thing I want to bring up is he's, he adjusts to the ball really well. And he has really strong hands. Like a lot of his catches are coming where he makes a catch and someone comes and drills him in the back or, you know, there's a lot of contact around it and he's able to hang on to the ball and just make really good catches. So lack of drops early on can really bode well for him in training camp. Uh, yeah, I think that that's a really good point. You you brought up the impactful catches. Who does that sound like? It sounds a lot like Kendrick Bourne to me, um, a, a, a guy that we lost in, in free agency. It's going to be more of a committee to replace Bourne. But like, like you said, I fully expect Watkins to um, make some sort of impact in that regard. Yeah, so let, let's kind of move on from Austin Watkins and, and get into Richie James Jr. a little bit. A lot of 49er fans really high on Richie James Jr. coming out seventh-round pick a couple years back. And you kind of just look at his mold, 5'10", 185. I've always thought of him as you know a little bit more of a burner than a lot of other guys on the 49ers roster. Interestingly, though, he only ran a 4.48 coming out of school, which I did not realize that that was his 40 time. So not super good. But then you kind of look at how he gets open and a lot of its quickness. So, I mean, you get open and you are able to spread the field vertically. It doesn't really matter how you do it, if it's, you know, straight line speed or just this ability to get open and, and have, be a quick player. But last season, 394 yards and one touchdown. And very funny, uh, 184 and one touchdown came against the Packers. So almost all of his production in one game where he was basically the featured wide receiver with a lot of guys out. Um, I think that's promising for him. What do you kind of see his role going to, like, what do you think his role is going to be this season? So I have a, I have an interesting um, Richie James kind of thought. We th we're, we're pretty sure that he's, that he's going to make the roster. I think he's going to make the roster. But his his primary use last year and his primary use as this undrafted free agent was as a kicker turner. The Niners drafted two guys, Ambry Thomas and Elijah Mitchell, who both can return kicks. And Shanahan, he's he and Richie James have a weird thing going on where every every Niner fan feels that Richie James should play more, but Shanahan doesn't play him. I feel like he's that 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 would be my 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 hot take is Richie James either gets traded or doesn't make the roster um and the guy like Sanu makes the roster if he's not returning kicks well I don't obviously we are not at, at at practice so we're not able to see it but that's kind of the 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 hot take but that that said I definitely expect him to make the roster kind of just something to to think about but he 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 doesn't really do anything crazy. He's solid. I think that he should have somewhere around thirty catches. Last year he had twenty three, and I think Matt you said four four touchdowns should be the goal, which is something interesting to really think about. Yeah, no, and and you kind of talking about him potentially not making the roster. 
I'm assuming that comes from not really like, oh, this guy's not good enough to make the roster, but just like he hasn't really been utilized. Exactly. A lot of people have wanted him to be on the field more and he just hasn't. And, you know, for forever what reason that is, um, we just haven't seen that. So, so maybe like, maybe he's a guy that needs to benefit from a quarterback that can spread the field more vertically. Maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe, maybe if Trey Lance comes out, like we're going to see more of Richie James. I'm not really sure, but I think you're right about kind of just bringing up like, Hey, he was the kick returner. That was one of his main responsibilities. I, I know that one of our listeners said that they fully expect like Ambry Thomas to be the guy that returns kicks. And if Elijah Mitchell can do that as well, like those guys are probably more likely to be, you know, the kick returner or the, and the punt returners. But Richie James, I mean, I, I do think he's going to kind of be this third wide receiver. So it's interesting that you kind of think that there's a there's a chance that he doesn't make the roster, which I think is totally fair, just because it has been weird how he's been used in his time in San Francisco. But what I'm kind of what I'm kind of thinking is he can play that Taylor Gabriel role from the 2016 Falcons offense. Now I don't think he's going to put up the same production that Taylor Gabriel did. That offense threw the ball a lot more than this Niners offense is probably planning to, and I expect Brandon Ayuk and, and George Kittle to take you know, almost all of those touches. I think that both of them are probably shooting for about 90 catches this year or 90 touches because, you know, we've seen Brent Ayuk used in the past game a little bit more. But he can be a very productive complimentary piece. And you brought up the four touchdowns. I think if Richie James has four touchdowns, I think that shows that if he is the wide receiver three, that he played his his role pretty well. And, you know, he caught the defense lacking a few times throughout the year. Four touchdowns, hopefully some some bigger shots. I think that, but that's a that's a that's a big deal when you kind of start looking at, hey, the defense had to respect him enough that he had four touchdowns on about like thirty catches or so. I, I think that's what we that what we should expect out of him. And in terms of yards, I think a lot of them are just going to be shots and you know blown coverages and whatnot when he's in the game. But I and I don't think I think one of the other things is it's hard to kind of evaluate him when he's not being schemed to get open. Besides that Packers game, which he looked so good in. It's Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and, and the run game that's really getting schemed up to flourish. The offense isn't focusing on, oh, we got to get Richie James' touches. So, like, what he's able to do is going to be based on what the defense is kind of the, – the looks that the defense are giving. So, I, I would love if he could get four touchdowns. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I definitely expect him to make the roster, but he's, he's kind of a guy who is either going to be wide receiver three – or I think that's a 90% chance, and there's a, there's a 10% chance that he doesn't make the roster. He's in the last year of his contract. That's something to keep in mind. There's just so many unknowns surrounding this guy. When he's on the field, he's, he's been good. He's dealt with a couple injuries, but he hasn't gotten the, the opportunity, like you said, for us to really evaluate him. One guy that could potentially kind of steal his targets a little bit and maybe steal his role even would be a guy like Travis Benjamin. Obviously, he opted out for the 2020 year, so we haven't seen him in a Niners uniform. But Travis Benjamin is a burner. He's a guy that could definitely play that vertical role and really spread the defense. I don't know what he has left in the tank. I mean, he's been in the league for quite a while. But I definitely think, like, if there's a way where Richie James isn't that true third wide receiver. And also if we're, we're saying like wide receiver three, I still expect Jalen Hurd to get more touches, but he's going to be used more as a gadget player. So wide receiver three is really like how often is he lining up, you know, in that slaughter and that outside role. And I just think that he's going to be one of the guys that kind of is or listed on the depth chart as the third wide receiver, 
which doesn't mean all that much at the end of the day. But I think this role of, of spreading the, the field vertically, he could lose it to Travis Benjamin. And I think that's a very possible thing that could happen. And I know, you know, we've seen Richie James on the team for a lot longer. So I think a lot of fans are going to go like, Hey, I'd rather, I'd rather see Richie out there. I would as well. But I think that would just be if, if Travis basically beats him out, which I don't think that we should, we should be like, I mean, competition is great, but I don't think that we should really be like rooting for an older player like Travis Benjamin to start getting, you know, a lot of catches and a lot of touches. I think having these younger players like a Richie James, like a Jalen Hurd or an Austin Watkins, I think that's better, especially than the Travis Benjamins and Muhammad Sanu's. But a guy that, I mean, that's definitely the guy that I think that he's competing with for that kind of role to, to go out there and, and run a lot of posts, run a lot of streaks, seams, you know, a lot of stuff like that where he's really just trying to make keep the defense honest. And I don't know, that's the guy I kind of think that, that he will be competing with a little bit. But do you, th- do you think Travis Benjamin is kind of the guy that he's mostly going to be competing with in camp? Yeah, uh, I think that that's a really good point. And, I mean, I, I, I feel like we're talking about these, these guys and we're trying to replace what Kendrick Bourne brought. Obviously, he didn't have the speedster element that we didn't have with, with anybody last year. But I, but I kind of look at it as Austin Watkins. That might be that that third down guy. Hurd could be pretty much everything else. Benjamin could add something new. It's just interesting to really think about. But I think you and I are both on the the same wavelength in that we expect Richie James to make the roster and to improve on last year, kind of in, in a contract year. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think that'll probably do it for Richie James. So. Let's move on to the the final receiver that we're going to be talking about today. A, a very polarizing player for the Niners, third-round pick. He got drafted. I was I was wrong in my initial evaluation of him. I thought he was going to be better than Debo Samuel. Turns out Debo Samuel is a stud, and unfortunately we haven't really seen much of Jalen Hurd. But Jalen Hurd, very, very interesting player. And I, I saw a tweet yesterday that I think sums up how, how I kind of initially thought about him. And I think a lot of 49er fans is – it was basically – there hasn't been another player that has played one quarter that that one quarter has instilled so much faith into the fan base of this guy, because I mean, he had that, that quarter of the preseason game against the Cowboys and everyone like, Oh my God, imagine if Jalen Hurd gets healthy. He, this guy's going to be complete animal. And then we just haven't seen him since then. But I mean, I still think everyone kind of, kind of remembers that game and, and thinks about, Hey, like this dude could be a stud. I, I, I definitely still think there's a chance that he could. Um, but but just kind of projecting how how much he's going to play next year, the big thing is going to be health. If he's healthy the whole year, and I don't think we're going to see him used a ton, but you can find room for a guy that's six foot five, two thirty, runs a four six, incredible burst. I mean, he played running back. I think everyone knows that. Then goes to to Baylor. You know, he went to Baylor, played running back there. Then went to Tennessee, played wide out there. I think that's the right combo. It could be flip flopped, but you know, he's just a freak athlete. He can play that. He can play all over the field. I think we're going to see him at outside receiver in the slot at running back at tight end, even at fullback in some situations, I think, and not a, you know, not a true fullback lead blocker, but stuff where he's going to fall out and get open in the flats and do things like that. I think we're going to see him almost strictly used in sub packages. So he'll probably be listed as like a wide receiver five, but then get more touches than whoever is playing in that that vertical role and then that kind of like third down role where you're coming on the field to you know make a big five yard catch or whatever that is. Um, 
and he's not really comp- I, I think I don't really think he's competing with anyone for a roster spot. I think he kind of has it. I wouldn't say he's a lock in terms like in how Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are, but for him, it's all really going to come on can he be healthy and how does he look post injury? Because that's the biggest thing for me. But what are your just overall thoughts on 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 uh, Jalen Hurd? Uh, I think that the most interesting takeaway for me is that he's going to take some of those Debo touches where Debo gets the the, the touch pass, the screen on the outside. I think Hurd's going to take a few of those. I think we looked it up before the show. Debo had 71 touches his rookie year. I expect him to be around 50 while Hurd takes maybe 30. And it's kind of just something to 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 consider. And I think that's a positive thing because it less touches means you're going to be more fresh. You're probably going to get hurt at less often, I guess. So I think being able to spread it around, and especially when, when these guys are taking more more hits and both of them have have struggled with with injuries in the past it's definitely a good thing to to at least consider um and it's something that i expect to happen i also think there's a good chance that we see him use a lot in the red zone where he comes in it's just really like a mismatch play um we saw him i saw him used a lot on that in, in a few games where it whoever whoever he was playing for he'd come in at running back or at wide receiver and they'd throw little like out routes or they they'd even put him in and line him up in like I formations and just pound the rock with him. I, I do think his his pad height is a little bit too high to play running back in the NFL. Like he's gonna he's gonna get black, like clobbered a couple times by some some bigger linebackers. But you know, using him in space, if he's one on one with a corner, the dude's six five, two thirty and played running back in in college football like he's he's gonna be able to handle a lot of these guys and break a lot of tackles very similar how to how Debo Samuel has but I mean I'm, I'm excited for him I think the burst and stuff if that's still there post injury because we gotta remember he had a neck injury and then he had an ACL so those are two pretty serious injuries if he's a similar athlete if he's close to as good of an athlete as he was before I think that he could be really really good but it's such a big if with him. We just really don't know how he's going to look. Um, but what, what? how many touches do you think he's going to get this this next season if he is healthy for 17 games or you know most of the 17-game season? I think I mentioned it really quickly, but somewhere around 30 to 35, I think, is what he should be shooting for, about two a game. Yeah, and I think, I think that's good. I think we'll see him maybe a little bit featured in some games when teams have smaller linebackers or whatever the mismatch is. Um, and, and if he, if he gets more than 35 touches, I think that's a good sign. I think that shows that he's playing well, that they think that they have an advantage when he's on the field, which is obviously a very good thing for the 49ers. If they're using these guys in these gadget roles and it's working, I mean, we saw, we've seen that work so well these last couple of years that he's like the ultimate gadget guy for this offense. Like he's the guy that Shanahan drafted to be that true gadget guy where Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel have been used like that. And, and Kyle Juszczyk has as well. But Jalen Hurd's the guy that they really want to use like that. That's the guy they drafted him to do what they drafted him to do. And, you know, we we see him. We're going to see him all over the field. So I'm super excited for him. I think he's one of those guys that we just don't really know what to expect in, in terms of, like, production, how he's going to look. I don't really think you can go back and, you know, watch, like, games from three, four years ago and go, oh, he's going to look like this. Like, we don't know if he's going to look like that. So a lot of ifs with Jalen Hurd. But – still super exciting and super a guy that we should be expect or hoping 
to come out and just, you know, look like like that gadget and just kind of freak athlete player that that he has been in the past. Um, but outside of those guys, the last few receivers, River Craycraft, Muhammad Sanu, Trent Sherfield, and Kevin White, I think one of those guys will probably make the roster. And that's probably it. Do you think that's about right, Aiden? Yeah, I think it'll be six receivers make the roster. Um, I don't think River Craycraft sadly makes the roster. I think Sanu is firmly on the bubble. If if you have a surprise where Richie James doesn't make it, I think that opens his opportunity, but I don't expect him to make it. And Kevin White apparently was doing well in practice, but we never saw him in games. So I think he's on the outside looking in as as well. And then I didn't mention Travis Benjamin. I will say I think Travis Benjamin has the best chance out of all these other guys. And I know that you said you didn't think he would make it. I think there's a very good chance that he makes it. It's just kind of like a vertical threat. Um, and and maybe, I don't know what, I, I think Richie James is going to take that role. So that's the thing. But I do think there's a decent enough chance that Travis Benjamin makes the team. Um, I mean, he's been a good NFL receiver for quite some time. Just We haven't seen him in a while. So that's kind of one of those things. And we haven't seen him play for the 49ers, which also kind of makes it tough to evaluate him in Kyle's system because we just don't know what they want to do with him. But I think that's going to do it for this wide receiver stuff. Um, but but let's move on to the uh, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, Talanoa Hufanga. So Talanoa Hufanga coming out of USC. We talked about him a little bit before. Definitely the most exciting player from day three. You could say Elijah Mitchell just because he's a running back. But Talanoa Hufanga comes out and... You informed me of, of this quote, Aiden, but you got you to gotta let everyone know what, what he came out and said after he was drafted because I love it. I think everyone will, it'll get everyone a little bit fired up. After he, he got drafted, I think you can see it on like the 49ers YouTube page. He, he came out and, and said that he doesn't expect to play a whole lot right away on, on defense, but his goal for this year is, is to be a special teams pro bowler, which I think is awesome. It's a lofty goal, but he's a guy who could definitely do it. And it kind of just shows the mentality that I just love this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, you, you bring up the mentality. That's something that you can see, too, when he's playing. You see the physicality. You see the violence. You see the natural football instincts. I mean, this is a guy that was playing safety in college. They ran a 4-6-4. That is a really slow time, um, and we talked about it a lot. We both think that he's more fit to play that Sam linebacker position and just kind of be more of like, Hey, you know, go wreck the game. Go come off the edge every once in a while. You know, you're going to have to cover running backs coming out of the backfield and and fullbacks and tight ends and do that kind of stuff. But you're not going to have to, you know, line up as a true safety. It's just, it's a little bit difficult for 464 speed. But in college, he made up made up for that, that lack of speed with his instincts. And just, I mean, he's a good football player. Like that's, you need good football players. And to talk about like being a special teams pro bowler, I love it because because that's something that that Kyle and John that they need to start hitting on some some bigger special teams players. It, since since Kyle's been the coach, like their special teams haven't fared very well, like league wide. A lot of just like dumb turnovers. A lot of it's the return game. Um, you know, we've seen Dante Pettis come in there and get helicoptered and fumble the football. But bringing these guys in, they're just good football players. It opens a door for them staying on the team for a long time. So I love that he immediately is coming in saying. You know, I don't know if I'm going to play a lot on defense, but you're going to feel my impact on special teams. And I think that's my goal is to be a pro bowler in that, in that area. Another thing that, that you wrote down in the notes, Aiden, he works out with Troy Palomalu. So always love to see that. 
but but this mold of being six foot one, I think two oh nine is what I read. That's what the Niners are kind of have been kind of using in that Sam role. So maybe he beats out Aziz. I don't know. I don't know if he's truly. I don't know, know if he's going to actually like win that Sam linebacker spot. And and they made it seem like he's he could project to be a box safety at the at this level. I don't know if he's going to be there. But I think that we're going to see a lot of him on special teams, and we're going to see that violence and physicality right out of the gate. Yeah, I 100% agree. He's a guy who we're not sure what he's going to play, but I 100% expect him to start in. 2022 whether it be at safety or at sam linebacker aziz and nathan jerry are both free agents as are tart and marcel harris after this 2021 season i think that you use this this year to find out where hufunga is is the best and kind of figure out where you want to play this guy because i think he's he's a starter for 10 years i would love to see him in that linebacking core with with greenlaw uh fred and and him and he's a guy who if if he plays sam sam linebacker this is kind of getting ahead of myself because we don't even know what he's going to play but he's a guy where if you don't want to pay two two linebackers you may not have to pay a guy like greenlaw who's coming up pretty soon is is going to want a pretty hefty contract you could slide him him over to take over that 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 greenlaw role um and potentially draft another guy uh just 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 gives you a lot of flexibility um, and he was my favorite pick other than the, the Trey Lance pick probably. Um, and the guy that I'm super excited to watch and kind of see make plays. Well, like that you say 10 year career, cause you think about a day three pick cash in on a 10 year career. That is a, that would be a huge win. And just kind of bringing up like how, how he is as a player. Talk about having a 10 year career talking about, you know, being a guy that maybe isn't Maybe doesn't come out there. He doesn't, you know, flash like a superstar player. He's a limited player. Those kind of guys are, can totally have long careers. And Hufanga is the exact guy to, you know, come in, make some big plays, you know, have some splash plays every now and then, and just play with a lot of heart, a lot of hustle, and just be that true, like, hey, you know, we don't really we, – we play him at Sam Linebacker. Sam Linebacker only sees the field about 35% of the time, but he's out there making play after play. If he's able to do that, then that, that's definitely a, a possibility. I do think 10 years is a little bit lofty, but he can come out there and, and be an immediate fan favorite kind of player on defense. I, I think that's what we should expect from him. I think we're going to see a lot of people really liking Hufanga early on. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in the first month or two, he has a massive play on special teams where he just blows someone up or causes a fumble or, you know, just gets guys fired up. But this guy that's playing with a lot of energy had four interceptions in 2020, I believe. And that was mostly just from, you know, being able to be in the right spot at the right time and, and having those really good football instincts. Because like I said, I, what I've heard is that, you know, people question the speed of him to play at that safety at the next level and even question his speed at, at USC at playing safety. So if you're able to kind of move into that Sam linebacker role, which and, and we're talking like almost like strictly about Sam linebacker, but we've been big advocates of bringing a guy like this into that spot. And we talked about who was it? Who was the guy that we had a mock to them? The guy out of Syracuse, I think. Yeah, we had we had another another like hybrid safety kind of guy mock to play Sam oh, no. linebacker. The Auburn guy. The Auburn guy. Sherwood. I, Sherwood yes. was the last. Jameen yes. Sherwood. Yeah, we had Jameen yes. Sherwood mock to them, and we thought they were going to go there. I think he got picked like a pick or two before them too. So 
you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a blessing here for the Niners. You, you get a guy that, I mean, a lot of people thought Hufanko was going to be a, a third round player, a second round player. He slides to the fifth and they could capitalize on this very well. I mean, we know about the Niners fifth round picks. Everyone, everyone loves the fifth round picks. Um, got a lot of hits there. So hopefully this is another guy. Um, and then Aiden, you kind of wrote like a couple guys that you think are on the roster bubble. Do you just want to get into them real quick and, and maybe talk about who Fonga can kind of take their, their spot and potentially make it tough for these guys to, to really be battling for a position this year? Yeah. So basically we signed Tavon Wilson. Uh, he's a million cap hit, but no guaranteed money. Not really sure what he's going to look like. He's a veteran. Really hard to project. Hasn't played with the Niners, but he's a guy that D'Amico Ryans, I guess, wanted to bring in. Uh, but the biggest thing is Marcel Harris is on the bubble, and because Hufunga wants to play special teams, guys who have played special teams in in the past, like Kai Nakua, I don't know if I butchered that, uh, and Jared Maiden are firmly on the bubble. I don't really expect them to make the roster. Maybe one of them, but I don't really expect us to carry more than five safeties especially if Tavon Wilson is willing to play special teams. So if I had to guess, I would say at, at, at free safety, you roll with Ward and Moore. And at strong safety, you roll with Tart, Tavon Wilson, and Hufunga. Um, and those are your five. Maybe you bring in just a six special team guy, but it's only 53. And I find it hard to believe that you're going to roster six safeties week in, week out. I think you're definitely right on that. Um, you. You also wrote down the notes like Jared Maiden could make the practice squad. Definitely think that could happen. I think Marcel Harris and Tavon Wilson are competing for that other roster spot at safety. And if you do bring in, even bringing in five safeties seems like kind of a lot. But like we talked about, Hufong is a very versatile player and he's going to be on special teams. He's probably going to come down and play a little bit of Sam, going to play a little bit of, of strong safety as well. Like we're going to see him all over the place. So he's not like taking up a true safety roster spot if you can come down and play a little bit of linebacker as well. So I definitely think you're spot on there. Really interesting to see how Marcel Harris and Tavon Wilson look early on. Cause I do think that you're, you're right about them kind of competing for that, that backup strong safety spot for this year. And Tavon Wilson was just a one year deal. Marcel Harris only has a year left. So either of these guys, it could very well be their last year on the 49ers. And then we see Hufanga come in and kind of take over that spot. Um, and then of course, I mean, you got Kwaski Tart too. That's on a one-year deal. So this this uh, strong safety spot is definitely you know kind of kind of thin in in terms of what the future holds. We don't really know. Um, but I mean, that's pretty much what I got for Hufanga. I think he's a guy that should be on everyone's radar. Uh, rookie minicamp, I think starts. I want to say it starts on Friday this week. So I mean, this is a guy that we got to definitely watch out for. See how he looks. He definitely could be a guy that's a, you know a big riser in training camp because he comes out there. And, and everyone loves him. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of things from from the media about, oh, Hufanga did this today. You know, Hufanga had a pick in practice, got everyone riled up. Uh, so definitely expect that to be the case. But definitely keep Hufanga on your radar. I, I think he's. I think he's. I, I'm very confident he's going to make this roster, and we're going to see him all over the field and in a lot of different spots, and a lot of times probably on special teams as a rookie. But I'm excited for it. I, I think that he could be a, a big, big third round, sorry, a big, big day three hit. And I think that, I mean, that's huge for this Niners team that that needs some depth in that linebacker slash secondary kind of area because they just, they haven't really had that this recently. I mean, a linebacker outside of Fred and Dre, you don't really have a ton. You know, you got Aziz, 
you got Gary, you got, you got a couple guys there that, you know, can play the Sam spot and maybe back them up. But I like Hufanga to do that. And it's going to be really cool to see kind of how they utilize him early on. Cause he's a very versatile player that we can see in a lot of different spots. So got to make sure to keep, keep eyes on, on where he's lining up in practice and whatnot. But I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Aiden, anything else you wanted to add before we kind of take off out of here? No, super excited. Uh, I think schedule officially releases tomorrow. Uh, so we'll come back at you with an episode after that. Super excited to get this thing rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks everyone for watching and we'll talk to you guys soon.